This is a Fubar Radio podcast. You can subscribe to the app on Apple and Android. Visit foobarradio.com for more details. Sarah Hugh and Doc Two on Fubar Radio. Right, all right, that time of the week again. Hey. It's yeah, we're all here. The three of us again as well. Hey. Oh, two and a half. Sarah, Hugh, and Doc uh, all <laughs> back in the half. studio. I know, I know. Doc Brown, <laughs> this is quite interesting. Apart from the fact that you are early today, you're 45 seconds before we started. Thank you very much. Which is, um, but Thank also, it's a record. You're, uh, yeah, yeah, your, your voice. What's going on, mate? What's happened? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've just I've come from the dentist. I had the uh, root canal surgery and I lost a tooth. And um, right now you're rocking oh, the jewellery. Yeah, I, d- I, c- jewelry. I can never tell if I'm drooling or not. It's like, it's, <laughs> nice I can't feel the right side of my face. Oh, man. So it's, I'm guessing... Can, like, how, how, like, literally you can't feel it at all? Can I come over and, like, flick it? Yeah, you could flick. Hurt? You could flick like anything around here. I'm not going to feel that shit. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Can, can, Sarah, you'll sit next to him. Can we try and test it? It's pretty weird. Try and test it. Sarah, sit next to him. Wait, Oh, no, I don't want to hurt you. you well, he, he can't oh, feel it. No, no it's a nice excuse. Just give him a little slap. Just a little cheeky slap. No, I'm just, I'm just stroking Doc's face. <laughs> That's so right strange now. because oh. I can see what you're doing yeah. and I can't. Oh, oh, oh. I can feel that. That's nice. It's oh, a little low. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's t- actually, his tail started wagging when you did that. that was <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. You want to see that? Like, there's no uh, the tooth gone there. Oh wow. Yeah. Damn. Oh, they like fully did the whole th- yeah, shebang. Are they not? That's why I've got the ill gold tooth. No, I I like, gold I'm tooth. actually really I, happy to I have a gold tooth. I, I want got, more gold tooth. I've got tooth. two gold teeth, but this one, you can't, where it is, you can't bridge the gap between the two teeth. So to, to get a new tooth, okay. I'd have to take out the two teeth on either side. And put in a bridge of three fake ones. Oh gosh! Well, what about an implant? Those cost like two grand. The or some implants shit, three, that? three and a half G's. Damn, I got, I got, wow. I got a quote That's today. That's a snip. I, don't, I thought snip. the NHS covers all that, doesn't it? No. No, nah, man. Nah. <laughs> no. No, only for certain peeps. Damn. Yeah. Damn. But I think the message is, is the message world. is brush your tweet teeth twice brush a day and kids. don't eat sweets or drink fizzy drinks. Yeah. Um. So oh, I guess this means we doc, doc can't rap about anything today. No, I Doc can rap, mumble I, about I can, anything. I can you genuinely. Like. I, c- I can <laughs> theoretically rap about anything, but today I practically but I can't, can't rap articulate. about anything. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. I can't spit that fast. Yeah. So I would maybe do something real slow where it's just like, hey, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Go like again? Maybe just go more like the P. Diddy sort of style, P. Diddy approach yeah. to things. Yeah. yeah. Just real, real slow. Or you slow. can write the raps and I'll spit them like yeah, P. Diddy. And then I've got to take you through the flow and I can't even flow You don't have to worry to if speed. I write rhymes, I write checks. <laughs> we have to go real <laughs> I write real checks slow. for <laughs> implant, teeth implants. Hey, Diddy's, Diddy's in trouble, man. I mean, well, he is and he isn't because he's got enough money to fight pretty mm. much any case. He beat, he beat a murder rap, <clears throat> attempted murder rap that he was clearly guilty of. I mean, so I hear. Diddy? Ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you mean, Are you confusing Sugar or Diddy? No, Diddy. Don't you? you oh, you're telling I thought you forgot so, no, about no, that. No, no, no. I thought you were meaning when he ran about up in Club New York. recently. Yeah, no, but I thought you were talking about the. Um, yeah, he had the money. His thing with his son's uh, no, football yeah. well, coach I am, recently. I am, yeah. I am. I'm just saying, like, he got off a much worse charge. 
Yeah. Then the ch- the charge they're throwing at him now is bullshit. Let's be real. Mm. Like, he, he doesn't give a damn he, about he that. He had an argument with everybody. Can see. Yeah, exactly. As soon as you hear the story, you can see what it's really about. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's an angry dad going overboard, yep. shoving the dude. But in America, <laughs> you can't shove a dude. No. And you can't say shit. Well, so he, so you know, he, could, you, have you heard what other. one of the charges is? No. One of the charges is a terrorism charge. What? Yeah. Yeah, but it's is it because he's black? And it's blatantly, no, it's blatantly because <laughs> it's, he it's said. It's blatantly because he's black, though, fam. It's blatantly because he said to the I'm dude, joking. like, I will bomb your ass. He probably says some shit like that. Yeah. I will come back here, I'll blow all this shit up. Because yeah. you when you're in a rage, the, you say some shit like that. But this is the beauty of being hip-hop, is then that his legal team can say but yes no, he's no, a no, hip-hop no, no. dude yeah. so yeah. you know yeah. this is hip-hop terminology so. yeah. which really so. means he's gonna kill you with yeah. kindness he's gonna come back and drop hot six Ex- exhibit yeah. a the bomb, <laughs> s- the bomb <laughs> squad the bomb squad yeah. from public enemy oh, weren't damn. actually bombing anybody but it was sounded cool to have bomb in the title that's mm. ex- that's gonna be exhibit a that almost sounds like it could be a contender for no they didn't which hopefully it we'll really have could coming be. up later it in really the show we've be. got a few um no they didn't possibilities but yeah when did you fly off the handle <laughs> yeah completely absolutely. uncontrollably because that's what he's done man yeah. and let's 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 be really really real diddy is possibly the least threatening person in rap since yeah. like jurassic five yeah do you know what i'm saying like if, if jurassic i'm gonna tell jurassic all five, five of jurassic five that. if he all five that. of jurassic five <laughs> yeah. say yo we're gonna that. fuck you up yeah. even if charlie tuna came in and, yeah. yo i'm gonna fuck you up in the deep oh. voice i'd be like yeah. you know it's gonna be west side story not like so isn't much. It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not diddy, so much diddy not, diddy doesn't have an aggressive voice to <laughs> even call upon yeah still so one of my favorite diddy moments again is the dave Chappelle when he's taking the the biz out of um, the um, making the bands. Oh, yeah, it's very funny. And he's like, I need two leaders in the next hour. Chappelle, I'm going to see that dude tomorrow, man. Oh, I wanted to go to that show so much and then I just was so disorganised. So what what are we going to do about rap about anything? Do you want to try writing something? Oh, no, I mean, we could take some subjects. Maybe I should just rap about like rapping with a stroke. What do you reckon, Sarah? Are you up for it, Sarah? Do you want to do it? half your face working. Spitting pre-written lines and and faking the funk like Diddy. Of course. Excellent. All right, well, definitely tweet us in with some suggestions for rap about anything and write about anything. Write about anything. Hashtag write about anything. Sarah, do, I'm down for this. It's going to be good. Um, you can tweet us. I think this Fubo might be Radio. the best rap about anything ever. <laughs> um, and get Even better than rapping over the really wild show theme tune. No, nothing's going to top that. That was that amazing. That was pretty moment. damn funky. If you want to get in touch with us as well, you can email anytime. Tuesday Drive, foobarradio.com. Um, and we will have a rap about anything coming up later in the show. Um, also, Taking the Piss. It's going to be back mm. to you. Do you know what? i got like mm. four. I got four taking the pieces this You're week. You're getting I, more I'm, I'm British each yeah, day. I am. I really, really am. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, also, uh, I don't know if that Cockney dude's going to show up or not this really? week. Oh, yeah, really? I hope he will. I heard he but, was actually uh, having something done to his I teeth I think too. he had a similar kind of surgery yeah. to mine. Coincidence? Coincidence? No. Not Who knows? Who knows? There's <laughs> a spooky world out there. Um, also, uh, legendary UK producer uh, Lewis Parker is going to be joining us mm. as well just after 5pm <laughs> as well. And also not I'm too far away. I'm such a fan. It's ridiculous. I know. Like, really I love excited. Lewis. Yeah. Like, he is really honestly excited. like one of the G's. Like, original G's for this country. I don't know if I've ever met him. I don't think I've ever met him. 
circles. Yeah, we always move in different Aww. circles. Not I'm today, so friend. I'm so happy Lewis is going to be here today. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, very, and so cool. to all the fans out there, you know, Lewis has been living out in the States for a while, so mm. finally the world is going to, the UK world anyway, is going to get to hear from the man himself, so yeah. keep it locked. Amazing. That is exciting. Um, also today, obviously, been a very, very uh, important day for the UK and the world as well, being 10 years since uh, the 7-7 bombings here in London. So mm, we are, we've nice. got a little montage, and I hit the streets again uh, today to chat, to chat to a few people oh, about nice. how they feel about that as well. But up next, we've got No They Didn't. Mm. Doc, mm. what has been... Well, before No They Didn't, we have to include our weekly feature of Big Ups. Because oh, I think yeah. there's so yeah. many people doing cool stuff. That, you know, there's so much to be a Debbie Downer about in the world, yeah. isn't there? It's quite easy to be negative. But I'm on the, um, the side of let's choose the glass half full. Mm. And so each week, I like us to take the opportunity here at Fubar Radio to send out a Big Up. I think last week, did we Big Up Tony Ben or something? Like, anyway, remember. we've bigged up so many cool people. No, it was America. Oh, yeah, you bigged up America. <laughs> America, which yeah. was a bit of a shock. That was they got a big, got a big up for legalising gay marriage, which I really thought mm. deserved like a big up for sure. And this week's big up for me has to go to the Greek people mm. because basically the Greek people this uh, in this last Fetter. week they had <laughs> they brought so much to the table <laughs> in it. <laughs> Once you finish your food, smash the plate. You're a hero. Right. I love those guys. Let's get into that. Bazooki, up next. Everything. Get into that up next. Big up Greece. You're on Fubar. <laughs> Sarah Hugh and Doc Two. Going to start you off here with some Kendrick. Kendrick featuring Dre, Compton, you're on FUBAR, Sarah Hugh and Doc 2. The three of us all back together. Isn't mm. that pleasant? There are places that are a bit like Compton. Yep. Clapham Common. Mm. Like where, sorry? Compton. <laughs> Clapham Common? <laughs> I what mean, the fuck na- are you talking in, about? In, in Clapham name Common, alone. that's the kind of place where <laughs> Hugh, what's his name, you know, Notting Hill dude hangs out. You take that's a, what Clapham Commons Graham. is about. Take Hugh Grant and, and Gwyneth Paltrow and people like that. That's no, what that Clapham Commons is about. That just shows you how much Doc's turned into fucking Hollywood <laughs> these days. He's like, oh tea. shit, Clapham Common is the ghetto. <laughs> it's a play on words. In you take out the T. You put in oh, it's an a little M. bit um, oh. grammatically. Yeah. In grammatical oh. terms. You see, it's and the mind of a rapper. Clap them, clap them, oh. bang, bang. Yeah, oh, fuck you guys, the mind man. of a rapper. Sure, you're not sure. a mind of a gangster rapper. Sure, good, good cover up, Hollywood. Good yeah. cover up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, the sedatives are still. Um, Is this really fun? Still making their I feel this uh, way into my. I'm going to be able to take advantage of you. I know. It's very possible. Sarah Love. Sarah. What? How do you think she got that second name? I I just can't wait. Sarah will love you. They don't call me love for nothing. (laughs) She'll crash into your car so your cars can kiss. It's Dalai Lama's 80th birthday. I'm following his preachings of (laughs) love. Mm. You know, spread spread the love. I'm really looking forward to that lap dance coming up shortly before. No, they didn't. In this drunken, this stupor that you're in right now. They told me not to do anything like to overly energetic because like there's like a gaping wound in my gum okay ah. well you can get more so creative if you don't have like to do the twerking today I do like the twerking but you can mm. ha- you can get more creative it's just going to be real smooth like fluid movements okay I'm down I'm, yeah. I'm excited as I work my way down under the, the sheet. <laughs> you're going to be like yeah like a, a real a real real drugged out stripper aren't you he's just like given, given up a long Rehypnol long time ago lap yeah. dancing oh it's going to be ugly I mean, we might have to film this one I reckon I think we do I think we will so, Grace, we're bigging up Grace this week. Mm. Oh, right, big up. ups. Yeah, here we're bigging up. We're yes. bigging up Grace. No, big ups. I think, you know, there's so many cool things happening in the world that need more attention brought to them. And, um, you know, in all kinds of spheres, whether that's music, 
the celeb world, mm. which I'm so crazy about, <laughs> not, and um, politics. But in the world of politics, I think Greece, in this last week, they've done an amazing thing. You've had the um, Greek Prime Minister, um, Cyprus, who he said, right, I'm going to put the decision to the Greek people whether or not they want to go along with Europe, Europe's suggestion of how we're solving our debt mm. crisis or not. And Greek people came out and they voted and said no to austerity, which is shows me that anything is possible because they're basically saying we're not going to be bullied into our solution to debt being more loans and more, more debt, debt which mm-hmm. only makes sense yeah. like what kind and of crazy person like are infant, you becoming like infantilized by the uh, uh, established western european giants yeah. do you know what I mean? and it's like this solution in the first instance they should never have been loaned that money in the first instance so how is are they possibly thinking anyone in europe thinking that that is is gonna is going to um help solve things now and i just think it shows the world that anything is possible we can say no to ridiculous demands that are put on us mm. by politicians and you know it might lead to a domino effect across europe you're seeing like crazy um debt situations in portugal in spain i mean people we had 250 thousand people marching through london the other week saying no to austerity as well which is having a massive impact on the nhs on welfare on disabled people all these kinds of things so i just think big up to greece Mm. for having some balls and saying no because either way they're screwed whether they do or whether they don't you know what i'm saying Mm, so this is no easy ticket out for them but i just think the gesture says so much for us as a people to stand up against the bullshit Mm. and and you know we got to do more of it because at the end of the day like you said a quarter of a million people People got out on the streets here, but unfortunately, like a month before that, we voted for the government that we have now. Who don't give a f- they don't give a shit if we we are in the streets or not? Exactly. But then when you, know? you even break down the last election here, it's not it's still not the majority of people. The out of everyone who voted in the UK, twenty four percent of people yeah, voted for the Yeah, it's a tiny Tory. tiny minority, you know. And then uh, and these are the people who are in power, and they boast about it like we all voted for them. Exactly, you know? and it drives me up the wall. And again, they try to suggest as though like our how we're going to fix our uh, crisis in this country is mm. by taking making disabled people pay for that, making carers pay for that, making teachers pay for that. Or the BBC. When they're the ones who created yeah. debt by sending us off to build nuclear hey, weapons and nonsense. Well, you Gonna, the you, BBC you're that gonna was take 665 mm. million pound out of BBC. Disgraceful. Hey, do you know what I do for a living, Cameron? I'm trying to fucking be act out here, man. I'm trying to get like a decent wage. Exactly. And you're taking 665 million out of a company that paid me peanuts in the first place. It's what am I going to get now if I don't get peanuts? I mean, yeah. You know what I'm going to get, Hugh? <laughs> what? Co- the corn nuts. You know, the corn even, ones. Even that. Even that. If that's you're the lucky. only thing that's cheaper than the peanuts. Yeah, is the zero corn nut. nutritional value whatsoever. Corn, I mean, the toys are always. To be fair, been. with a lot of roasting yeah. and salt, they it, are tasty. <laughs> Basically, but that's not, that's, have a spoon of salt. That's besides the point. Do you know what I'm saying? But no, I worked I mean, hard for my dog. peanut. Think about dog. I was it's almost chilly coated, mm. and now I'm back to corn nuts. I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be tough though in Greece. Like, I mean, even the sanctions with the banks, where you can only withdraw sixty euros a day. If for you're each lucky, person, yeah. you know what I mean. Like for real, they got yeah. a limit on what you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because basically, you had something. It was like a few billion pound got withdrawn from banks in one day. Because but everyone's like Later in a panic. On. Where so they the think people lose savings. The people lose savings. Yeah, Absolutely. and like wow. what you've got happening Fucked. in Greece at the moment because there's fifty percent of young people are unemployed. So you've got households where you've got like multi three generations in one household living off of a pension. Mm. You know, there's no work, there's no incomes. The banks are on the verge of collapsing. So people are going into a panic, saying we need to withdraw all of mm. our funds. And the, then this is what's leading the, to having like three billion taken out of the bank yeah. in one day. And meanwhile, day. the feta cheese guy is just there, like, get the fuck away from my house, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get away from he's, my he's house, man. House. I got my shit, I got my shit. It's he's working for me. House. Fuck you, lot. 
his arms out. He's just he's like throwing out punches to, left, right, and center. Oh I need God. to be shipping this out to Green Lane, so don't step off. <laughs> but um, yeah, so no, I just think big up to Greece, man, because it's a brave step. <clears> but um, I just th- it just shows we shouldn't feel that we need to just be bullied by whatever the government is yeah. trying to yeah. dictate to us. You know, you know if it don't make just, sense, it don't that, make sense. We got that weird kind of apathy here. Like I love being British. Don't get me wrong. I think we're amazing. Mm-hmm. I think we're like culturally we're we're we're, we're more liberal than most places in the world and we're forward thinking and 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 artistically we're right up there but i just think when it comes to the real fuckeries that are out there we're we're, we're disturbingly apathetic do you know what i'm saying like you can't like you in, ca- when you say real fuckeries what do you mean like what are you i mean like to? the little things they slip uh, uh under the radar every day like disgraceful uh, austerity is one example and like i know you say like quarter of a million went out there in march and that's that's true you know we all saw it on the news but like in france if you like cut like student loans a little bit like motherfuckers are like beating up policemen well they had yeah. the revolution you know they took their heads of state and guillotined them people up you know what I mean so it's like that's kind of so, part of their like, rebellious nature I just think French, like it, it should start with respecting democracy a little bit more let's like be proud of democracy and, and show that by voting you know, even if you don't believe in all the parties, set up your own party and vote, for, vote, get get people to vote for that. Do something. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But don't start like moaning in an apathetic nature where you're not really physically doing anything about it after you didn't even vote in the first place. But then, you know unfortunately, you weren't here the week when we played the clip from um, Tony Benn, which he is just such a. F- Gee, I I love that guy so much. And he was saying, you know, the way you control people is through fear Mm -hmm. and making them feel demoralized. Mm. When you have a nation of people who feel demoralized, there's no hope. Mm, They don't vote. And because they think, what's the point of this? But in actual fact, if the working classes have people who they truly, they went out and voted who they thought represented Mm -hmm. their views, you know what I mean? Then we can actually institute change because it takes the power away from the marketplace and puts it in the ballot box. And that's what Greece have done. And even just like the, 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 the Greek. Um, party Syriza that's what they're called like that you know they never wear ties they're making like a lot of statements to show Mm. that we are completely against like this institutionalized Mm. way of operating and I just hope that this becomes a domino effect times are changing they are Mm. oh you know what my MP yeah where I live is is a dude called Jeremy Corbyn Oh, and I love he's, him. He's running to be the leader of the Labour Party. I love him. He's and never like, going to succeed. I almost want to like get a little me because I met him a few times. He's I a cool get guy. Like he come around my house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know he's, he's a cool brother. guy. He come around my house. Like he doorstep my house, and he was a cool guy. Like he, I was like, "What's this Jehovah's Witnesses or something?" And then he broke down <laughs> yeah. his policies. Like, and I was like, the I fucking like this dude. And ever since then, I've been following him. I always vote for him because, like, I mean, I'm old school Labour, right? But like the new school Labour, I just it's I find it impossible to. Support. Well, there's no but difference between them and me. the Tories. Yeah, no difference. It's big society but bullshit. it's easy for me to vote for my MP, which is a beautiful thing. I think a lot of kids don't understand the election. They think, oh, yeah. am I voting for Cameron or am I voting for David Miliband? You're not voting for either of them. You're voting for your local MP. Yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Who's your local MP? Find out who he is, what he's about, or she. Do you know what I'm saying? And and like Corbyn, I was like, this guy's a legend. He's I a love legend. It. And like, his he, brother he backs is a G everything too. that I'm about. My dad went and to now uni he's with, running his, with his brother, and his brother has like created this incredible way of like predicting okay. the weather yes no let's get, um, be on the campaign yeah, to get how Jeremy do you, Corbyn how on do the you show back, how do you back him to be the leader of the Labour Party because that's not open 
happened to us, is it? And you know the other thing with all the last four elections that we've had in this country, each person who has won has been supported by um, Rupert Murdoch mm. and News Corp. Oh, they've got so crazy money it, behind so them. So basically what that equates to is to succeed in a uh, candidacy running, you need to be backed by mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the devil mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so, <laughs> a.k.a. T- uh, your homeboy, what's his name again? Um, Tony Abbott. Um, no, not Tony Abbott. That's not your homeboy. Um, News Corp, man. What's his name? They're the same oh, one in the Murdoch. same. Murdoch. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Two different two different devils. Hughes homeboy. But yeah, no, no. Please don't ever say I mean, as in Australian. <laughs> no, but, um, so I'm just saying, it's like, that's the, sh- the shame of it, is that you need just the media wanna... behind you to boost your campaign. And there's going to be a yeah, massive nah, smear campaign against Jeremy mm. Corbyn. That's why of he course, will it's never succeed. Started, man. It's already started. And before we go any further, I just want to apologise to all our, our opinionated listeners who are getting angry about Sarah being on the fence every week. We're really sorry for that. We just don't know what she's about. We don't know what she's about. I get accused of that all Last the week, time. she rocked up in a dashiki with all her hair in an afro that was so big she couldn't get through the door. She like With the black power fist yeah, in the air. Yeah, she had a black power fist. She knocked out like seven white people who hadn't even said hello yet when she came through the door. They're like, good morning. And no, we're just we're sick of Sarah not show, not playing her cards. I know. Do you know what I'm saying? What are you about? It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like take a stand for something and yeah. actually you know give an opinion on it, Sarah. So what? Oh, yeah. She never does. Christ's sake, Hugh. What we got? Hey, uh, so coming up next, here we go. Sorry, we, we, uh, we're going to be chatting about wireless. Now, Sarah, something happened to wireless. It was pretty dangerous. Oh, man, you know what? I, I'm so angry about this. But you go, you go first. Yeah, I'm no, no. Well, let's let's maybe we should have a tune. Yeah, we'll do that next. Right after this last week. Right after Stormzy. This happened. Coming up next, wireless. Something very very. Dangerous app. Does Sarah Love, did you nearly die? You could have. Maybe find out up next. Goddamn white people. Yeah, I'm food bar. From Stormzy, know me from name of that one. Smash this, Sarah. You're a wireless on the weekend. Stormzy, did you get to see? Yeah, we were playing uh, just before Stormzy, and that's like the second weekend. No. Where was the other place? Another fe- oh, Parklife Festival, oh. yeah, in Manchester. That's where we all say play. Uh, play oh, yeah, how did yeah, that go? Did Nas do his thing up there? Yeah, but I had to leave before his dance set, oh. so I got to leave all my friends there, That's and the they told me how amazing an it was. It? Do you know like, what I you, mean? You rarely get to see the entertainment on a timetable, yeah. And so it was kind of similar at Wireless this weekend. Well, this last week on um, Thursday night, supported Mary J. Blige in. Manchester, which was incredible. Have you mm. seen Mary J. Blige before? Not live, no, 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 She no, no, was no. just awesome. And it was just crazy to be like in an arena, yeah. but just her aura just filled oh, that man. whole room kind much. of thing. It was just like really a, one of these like pop star shows that are so worth seeing. Mm. And to me, like that is a real pop star. When you look at her whole career story and then... Oh my god, the fans seeing fans <laughs> waiting for her at the backstage after the show where they were literally yeah. yeah, she came out and it was like these people were literally like and um like they were virtually <laughs> assaulting her as soon as they got anywhere near her kind of thing it was just like inc- just that level of like fandom was was nuts so yeah wow. they supported her in manchester on thursday then on friday in birmingham and then on wednesday uh, sorry saturday she was at uh wireless as well and then we went and did the um show there to her set well, i only caught a little bit of her sets so or kendrick who we played earlier on the show his set was um nice as well and it didn't blow me away but it was good and then uh, yeah Stormzy it seemed pretty damn live like yeah. I mean Sinead Harnett she performed that was amazing then up after her was um, uh, Stormzy set he brought out Dizzy Rascal Sinead's great you know it's such a, a beautiful thing now that uh, our artists can create more of a shitstorm like 
than the um, the big American artists. Like the big American, we appreciate them, and that. I'm talking specifically here about rap and R and B. Why do you reckon that grass? is? It's take. I just think the tables turn somehow. It's like we got a, we got a thing. We got like a hype going here mm. that we love the fact that Americans don't understand it, and I think for the kids. It, that immediately speaks to them mm-hmm. in a way that UK r- rap maybe 15, 20 years ago really didn't because the vast majority of kids didn't know it existed. So mm-hmm. when they heard it, they immediately just thought, oh, this is an English dude trying to be like, you know, whoever, whoever it, was the big American rapper at the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, a- kids, there's just like wherever your music's from, it's, it's, unimportant. it's, it's unimportant to me. Yeah. Just what, is, it, is it a hit or not? You know? when things are sorry sorry you guys are you're right no go for it no you're right no oh, I was just I think it's like a combination of things too because yeah definitely like the industry um, you know it's all about numbers for them so they're now prepared to open their eyes to what is happening here because they're seeing ways that that can be turned into an, an earner so certain people are we're get, seeing an opening for certain things to be promoted whereas in the past they were like we're far too focused on this multi-million mm. you know uh, numbers people from the states we're not actually going to pay you no mind regardless mm. of how big this whole thing is so mm. really it's like i think uk music particularly uk black music got cock blocked for like decades for a long time you know decades kind of thing literally until the last 10 years when suddenly it was like oh grime and urban we mm. can work with urban in this studio and then let's promote <laughs> that and you know and so i just think there's a combination of things too also in the states it's not like anything really new and exciting is happening mm. in the states it's just like a you know continuation of the same old and that's why you have so many american artists who are actually excited about what's going on Very here and so. then you have that, drake bringing that's, that's been happening for a while. On stage I mean, and all of when, this when stuff. drake brought skepta out that was possibly one of the livest moments of of the whole set with no disrespect to drake i fucking love drake i know we could disagree about that but i love him and it was it was a great show from what i saw but when he brought skeptor out and i, I don't think he even gave skeptor a beat i think he just wrapped shut down a cappella Oh no! I think there was a there was, was a, there beat, a beat, wasn't there? Yeah, but I think I'd also have to part watch of that like video the buzz of that, again, yeah, no, I, don't I know would too. Because like, he I just came out and he just rapped, and the whole crowd lost their shit. But yeah. I think also part of that is the same as with um, Kanye bringing out um, dudes a little while ago mm. at um, the show in um, mm. in in London. But it's Which, also kind of like it's the shock value for the UK yeah. fans because they're suddenly like, oh my, oh my god, god, this American person has thrown me a crumb. And so they suddenly start losing their mind. That it's like, wow, they're actually paying attention to us. But I also think we stand alone now we stand alone for the first time i think like, definitely big up big up to dizzy he was he was probably our first proper superstar mm. you know and i think since his since his day like when he broke through like oh three oh four i think we we actually stand alone now like i think a skepta fan is not that fast that like there's an american artist like backing him up you know what i'm saying like, i was at glastonbury i went to see skepta and I met with him before the gig as well. And I just, I knew straight away that where Glastow had booked him was too small. They, they, oh, right. yeah, they booked him a tent that was built for, like, you know, relatively well-known DJs. Whereas <laughs> they should have... well-known Morris dancers. Yeah, they yeah. should have <laughs> given him, they should have standardly given him, like, a, a straight-up, like, rock band stage. That, that, like, he should have been on the John Peel or something like that. They gave, they, they'll learn... Because Glass, Glass, though, what I love about them, Michael Evis and Emily and them, they're not, they're not prejudiced. It's the, oh, a lot no. of the fans are. A lot of the rock and roll fans are mad prejudiced. But, but their see, whole em- success, Emily and Michael Evis, they don't give a shit. They're like, if if the kids are into it, 
we're doing it because well, it's gonna, they, we're going to give more money to charity. That's the only way they stay relevant mm. is keeping yeah. their finger on that pulse and yeah. making sure they're representing yeah. all these different corners. No, Otherwise, it'll just fizzle out into irrelevancy. Big up the Evises. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing, though, that you do that like, for the localising thing as well. I think people will just feel a massive connection, obviously. Yeah, too. I mean, you when just feel got, it, man. I mean, obviously, you know, we're hip-hop's origins is why everybody around the world mm. feels that big connection to the States. But when you've got things like grime that are kind of, you know, uh, almost a little subcontinent mm. itself coming off of mm. that, and then people are like, well, like you said, it's our own thing, you know. Yeah. What I mean? And I think it's fucking smart for people like Drake to pull Skepta up on stage, like yeah, you know, like for, for his, English, like, his English audience. You're saying to we bring this audience. You're yeah. acknowledging that as a big but thing. That's what I mean. You know I, what I mean? see it almost as a lot of that is definitely a PR stunt in terms of like probably question. But I'm going to be I'm going to be 100 with you if 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 someone from Drake's camp phoned me and said, you know what, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure your songs are really good. I've never fucking heard any of them, but I'm sure they're really good. You seem to have a fan base in London mm. Drake wants to put someone uh, from your world on stage would you be up for it I would fucking I'd just go for it Yeah, I'd be bang up for it yeah because at the end of the day, you pull out that really that wild promotion. show theme tune. You'd wrap your do. ass up. There was a lot of response to that really wild show. Uh, rap <laughs> of last course, week. there was because you killed that it was, foolish it was song. It's really interesting Watson. that a lot of people said, uh, "Yeah, loads of songs sound like Uptown Funk." And I was like, as much right, as the really wild show. What's your argument? <laughs> yeah. That there's lots of songs that sound like it. I did, you know what? It, um, it really, I mean, me and you argued about it quite a bit last week. Um, argued? Yeah, we argued. I think I if you listen argue. back, it's, there's fight. definitely so an cute. argument oh, going on about Mark Ronson and whatnot. But mm-hmm. like, when I listen back, I listen back. The really well shot. It's got elements. It's got elements, but it's not. It's not like a carbon copy. Well, do you know what? Like, okay. I, I was actually chatting to. I don't. I, don't <laughs> I just don't believe that Mark was watching an episode. Even and when you hear the called Bruno Rawr. Mars and well, said, "I was." Um, you know about Terry Notkin <laughs> and Bruno was fam. like, "Yeah, fam, what about don't, Chris don't say nothing fam. else. I'm on it." But I was, I was chatting to uh, to Mark Ronson on Friday, and we're talking about the um, uh, really wild show thing. To, no, yeah, <laughs> we're talking about Uptown Funk, and uh, he apparently, like, even for the guitar part of that, like, he laboured over that so badly that he was like, "I couldn't get out of the studio," and then was in a public toilet where he vomited and fainted and da 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 da. So he's like spending days and days because and days. Of what, right? The guitar part, just the guitar part on that song on Uptown Funk. Oh, it was so bad it made him vomit. Apparently, yeah, oh, really? and pass out God. and faint and all shit like that. It's not a good yeah. prognosis. And it was harder because we'd just been talking because we'd just been talking about uptown funk during the week. So then when I was there chatting to him about, it, I was like, "Yeah, don't say it." That was that really where, sorry. Hey, that was where oh, uh, the Silver Cliff Awards. Silver Cliff Awards. Oh, okay, yeah, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happened a while anyway with the? Uh, oh yeah, you nearly Jesus. died. This Sarah. is like, this is like fifteen minutes ago. We were supposed to start. <laughs> what, this happened? Shit? what happened? What happened? Talk about. Um, yeah, no, I was performing there on the Saturday, mm. um, and it was funny because that's why I was getting ready. I got back very late um, from Birmingham on Friday night, and then I was like, okay, let me get all my stuff together for wireless tomorrow morning, and then um, watching clips from wireless and then the first clip that I saw was just like the gate being like Mm. a shot from inside the festival Mm. but the gate just being pushed and then bum rushed and Mm -hmm. like at least Mm -hmm. 50 people just ran through that thing Mm -hmm. and I was just feeling so bad for the security guy Mm because it was just this one poor dude standing there trying to hold the door then he's like Screw this! No, I'm not to, risking yeah. my life for no, this wage. No, no, no. So dude, just step back, and now. he's like, "After you, go, go, go." Yeah. And it was like, I don't know how many people broke in, man, but it was just like, there's no way that any festival should be that lax. It felt too crowded inside the festival to me. And then the following day, there on Saturday, and I was trying to leave, 
that was like so difficult because they had to lock down all the exits because again there have been mm. so many security breaches yeah. then the following day on the Sunday there was a Nicki Minaj had missed her flight or something like that and had to be helicoptered in so she was two hours late for her set and I was like this has got all the makings of a riot basically yeah. Yeah. you're yeah. in Finsbury and Park on, and on top of that you've got a load of Aggie grime fans on top of that Sarah it's also got the makings of a situation that the mainstream media will absolutely love look what happens when rap tries to do a festival when rap tries to have a thing it, it descends into violence and madness and diva behavior and and all the blah 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 and all these stereotypes are, are readily backed up with video footage mm-hmm. that middle england will look at and go oh my god oh yeah. my god and and promoters from outside of rap will look at it and go oh like i mean I, m- my promoters are live nation same people who promote wireless yeah and you think they're happy about the the shenanigans that went on I, well, it's, it's beyond a lot of it is beyond their control right and and then the, that's what was the crazy because the police were going it's not our business nah, it's maybe nah, live right. nation mm. next year will think twice about promoting rap but this and that's is one exactly of the biggest promoters in the world but mm. even and this is what we risk every time the caveat to that and there is a caveat before you, you start getting at me like, oh, you turn Hollywood. <laughs> Check this out, yeah? It, I'm a huge football fan, as a lot of people know. Football has been taken away from the people that created it, right? Every single player, almost to a man, apart from Theo Walcott, You're is from a working to sound class like me, background, right? <laughs> <laughs> this every, is what happens when we sedate Doc. Every player, apart from Theo Walcott, is from a working class background, yeah? And Aww. yet, who is able to go and watch the games? Not working class people, because the money is, is too much. It costs too much to get into a game. So the real working class fans are just watching it in a pub, or they're watching it at home on illegal streams and whatnot. And the same thing has happened in rap. We got our first proper official, internationally renowned rap, grime, whatever you want to call it, urban music-related festival in Finsbury Park. And they priced out the people that made the music, the streets. So the streets are always going to be banging on the flipping fence trying to get in because they couldn't afford however the... I don't know how much it costs. I don't pay for tickets. I told you at the start of this rant, I'm Hollywood. Yeah? But the fact is, you can't separate the essence of whatever the form of entertainment is from the entertainment being showcased because there'll always be a clash. Mm. Well, and this and is that's, what happens that's the when we pa- pass ownership of our culture and our communities Don't onto right. industry. It's partly us to blame as well. Do you know what I'm saying? Because, like you say, we should own the world that we created. We should be on top of that shit, and we're not. We're just we farm out. But I always wonder that with football, like, why do people? Well, first of all, I always think, why the hell is sports on the news? That makes no sense to me. But second of all, why? How do people feel so passionate about their football teams when it's like? Two of the dudes are even from London. They're not even from the ends of the team. It's very and hard then it's to like describe. Half of the rest of people aren't even. It's very hard to describe. I think the the way to put it in a nutshell is that I was born in in Kilburn. I, I was raised in Wilsdon Green, Kilburn, and Cricklewood. Uh, and, you and, and, and then thirteen years ago, I moved to Dalston, and I've been in Hackney ever since. And I am a diehard Crystal Palace fan. SE25, <laughs> where, where I have Fam. no physical connection whatsoever. But that was my dad's team. That's where he grew up. 
all my mum's family are from around South East London. But don't you think that's crazy that, how then it just that becomes that name to me. rather than anything? Because I can yeah, understand back like in the day when it was like your local boys going out there and they brought that cup home and I knew totally. that kid because he grew up but like, around the corner from here. Like, I can understand being excited like that about But a it's a religion, man. It's, it's like our form of a religion. Mm. You chat to a Christian, when did you meet Jesus? How come you're so passionate about this dude? You don't even know if he was real or not. Yeah, but... I've, I've I've read this, so this was passed down to me. It gets, it's like a it's like an oral history that gets passed down, what? and it, it becomes irrelevant who plays for the team as long as they play for the team with passion. So it's the essence that you're fighting for. In the I same like way as a religion, analogy that you're yeah. making. What religion is God? <laughs> what religion is God? Yeah, because I always wonder, like you know, speaking to like, how do you know God's a Catholic? He's a snake handler. <laughs> I, be, I believe God in, is I a believe in Moses, like. God is a b-boy God is oh, KRS what now I'll be, I'll be real with you I, just uh, on a slight religious aside I do believe that Jesus existed by the way before you start oh, giving no, me oh no I think there's a difference I between think, the you know real what I person think about Jesus. whether or not I he think Jesus, I think Jesus was a G like I think Jesus was like the most confident most lucid politician smartest dude in town, yeah, and he knew what was going on, and he felt for people. He was a lefty. Do you know what I'm saying? He he, he respected the 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 poor. He, he didn't respected have anything people. bad to say he about gay have, people. Yeah, he was a don. Yeah, but he was such a don in a time of people who didn't have that much imagination. And really, that he became a deity over time. But we're all the child of God. So whether you know, I think to give him a title of, like, I agree with you. He probably most probably was a real person. This is part of our He's a real person. oral history. He weren't white though. <laughs> he weren't white. I'll be real. You, you see what happens when we take our culture it's and history and possible. give it over it, to it the was man. Mixed race. No, we got to make it in the I did the geography. <laughs> I did the read the geography in the Bible and like he weren't white. It could have been white. Exactly, white. exactly. All right, all right, we've gone from festivals, Maybe had from festivals to football to God. Even still. Coming yeah, up sorry. next. Coming up <laughs> wow. sorry, uh, are we still doing No, They Didn't? Are we doing that? Doc, is there something you wanted to... Uh, no, no, I think, I, I think the No, They Didn't is, is kind of like, uh, you know... How did the, the the wireless thing occur? That's their fault for letting the people bum rush the yeah. show. But like who's, they should who, have been who more, the security? No, no, no. The organisers, like they should have been on it to make because like, and then when the people backstage were showing me where that footage came from, that mm. was right next to the backstage artist area. So mm. you've got Mary J. Blige, mm. where the night before I see her fans were so mm-hmm. crazed mm-hmm. to see her, where mm-hmm. they were like, "I will kill to see you to and touch you." R and B. And that's R&B, baby. No more drama. You know, so it's like, imagine you're Mary J. Barry sat next door and then you've got a hundred yeah. rowdy kids, like, literally ten feet away, bum-rushing the show. That's like, that's just da- dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous yeah. kind of thing. So, really, it's their responsibility. And that's also what the police said, that to make sure that their uh, that whole uh, area was contained and secure. So, mm. I think, how the hell did wireless ensure everybody's safety there? Because then also, how many more people were in the festival that shouldn't have even been there that wasn't mm. a safe environment to be in i'm sorry yeah uh, yeah so i to be to be to be honest you I, I don't really know what the no they didn't question is for our listeners <laughs> we've covered all angles <laughs> we've of covered all angles. <laughs> as we <Perhaps>. digress <laughs> the alias of the show <laughs> named by my sister weeks yeah perhaps ago. the question is what 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 musical form could make you kick down a fence mm. river dance river dance yeah 
Well, that would you're kicking down some serious yeah, fences it, with that footwork. Even if you're not, yeah, even if you're not aggressive about the music of river dance, once you're doing it, if a fence is close enough to you, when you start doing them kicks and shit, you just kick down the <laughs> fence. I'm, anyway. I'm just going to do Michael this Flatley. if you get in the way. Yeah. It's your own fault. Exactly. exactly. Michael Flatley, exactly. the most yeah. feared man in the industry. Yeah, mm. much more feared than Diddy. Right, Flatley will fuck you up, man. Um, all right. Well, what, just what, your um, shins. Just your shins. Yeah. He will well, fuck your shins up. We'll throw it out there on Twitter anyway. Um, hit us up at Fubar Radio. What music would make you storm down a gate? And uh, we'll get some of your feedback. Or artist, or artist or in artist. particular. Yeah. Absolutely. What event? Even. Or freeness. Yeah, or yeah. <laughs> what would yeah. make or, you storm down a gate? family member. Being in jail. That would make me kick down a fence. Uh, coming up next, why don't we get into the... Um, uh, we've got a bit of a montage put together of the uh, of the oh. 77 bombings, which was uh, was 10 years ago today. And Jeez. Of course, everybody had their uh, one, one minute ago. silence at 11.30 this morning as well. Actually, I went out and chatted to some people on the street too as well. Just ask them how they feel about it and if it's changed their way of life nice. in London. So we'll get up to that shortly. Fubar, he's Red Man. Sarah Hugh and Doc 2 with you. man, Tanate. You're on Fubar, Sarah Hugh and Doc 2. We've got a legendary, legendary UK producer, Lewis Parker, um, is going to be joining us. Not too far away, about half an hour he should be in the studio. Might be a little bit late, I think. There's train train problems or something like that. Mm. But anyway, not Mm. too far away. And uh, also, are you taking a piss? Very very soon, uh, you can keep, get your tweets coming in now at Fubar Radio, or hit us up on the on the uh, on the Fubar Facebook, and uh, let us know what's been taking the piss for you this week, and we'll get into that. Um, I'll tell you what, having a molar ripped out of your mouth is taking a piss. <laughs> Did you get to keep it? No. Would you want to keep it? No, it was rotten. Oh, rotten yeah. to the core. Stink. See, it's all those fizzy drinks That'd and sweets. Mm. Hey, a very very important day for um, <laughs> everyone in the UK and also uh, a lot of people around the world as well. It's ten years ago today that the um, the seven seven bombings uh, terrorist attack in London happened, um, and just God, it's just I, I remember hearing from it over in, in Australia. So you weren't there, you weren't here at that time. No, no, but it was just like just could only imagine like what the feeling would have been around the city. Oh, it was not. Nice. What was really odd for me is that I was riding <laughs> to work. I was still running my youth club in, uh, in South Kilburn. And um, I was riding, I uh, just moved to, to Hackney, and I was riding, did the rides like 45 minutes or something, mm. and it was just roadblock all the way. And I, just was such a Londoner, I just thought, huh, yeah, there's got quite bad traffic today, yeah. quite bad traffic today. And I got in, and, and the mood was like crazy, like in, in, in the office at the club, and everyone had the TVs on, and I was just like, what the hell? Because... The same thing had happened in September 11th. Yeah. I was still working in the same place, and I remember the same thing, but obviously without the traffic. <laughs> and it was the same vibe, and I just thought, I had the same feeling. I just thought, oh, my God, like, we're, we're at war again. Thankfully, nothing else happened after that. But do you remember the phones? Do you remember the phones? Like, the phones just oh, died. Off, yeah. Like, you couldn't call anyone. I remember getting a call from Young Gun's wife, the rapper Young Gun. Mm. And she phoned me and she was in tears because she couldn't get hold of him. And that's oh, what was sure. happening yeah. like, across the board. People were trying to get hold of their loved ones yeah. and <clears> couldn't get through. So who, the next name in the, in the phone book who they could get fr- through to, they'd just call and just say, look, I, if you speak to so-and-so, please. I know I haven't spoken to you in like 10 years or whatever. But if you speak to so-and-so, please just let me know. Because all the networks, it was crazy. Everything was just jammed, like jammed. So it was like a proper panic. I think for all Londoners, because you know what a crowded city this is yeah. and how quickly we can get across it. You, it's easy to think you might know someone in, in that. I mean, I didn't, but I still, I still to this day, 10 years later, I think about 
the people that suffered. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I was just reading an article today about a Muslim woman who died in the um, in the bombings and and has become a kind of bartering piece for for both sides. You know, like Muslim oh, extremism. Maybe, yeah. And like UK multiculturalism, I was just saying, fuck both of that. I don't, I'm not interested in any of that. It's just another person who was a Londoner, a compatriot of mine, yeah. that lost their lives. You know, let's just focus on that. Stop making politics out of everything. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear this piece and see what other Londoners think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's a bit of a montage that we had put together from um, from some of the news coverage of the actual event, and then also I hit the streets, as I said, and chatted to some people about how they felt about it. We'll get into that shortly as well. Reports are just coming in of an explosion at Liverpool Street Station here in London. I'm at all gate. I can confirm a bomb damage to train. One carriage completely wiped out. At least nine people very seriously injured and trapped. Two confirmed fatalities. And there's this explosion. A white, big white, appeared. And then it was just smoke everywhere. In the tunnel, we were trying to close the doors because it was just smoke and we couldn't breathe. Everyone's just asking what's happened, what's happened. All we're being told is it's a major inch and the whole of the London underground is now shut. I'm sorry, we've got a major inch. Can we move off the road? We're now also hearing that there have been further incidents at Russell Square. Now, British Transport Police are saying that a power surge caused the incidents, uh, some of which caused explosions. Excuse me, please. And literally, there was just a very loud bang. Uh, the train derailed. There was smoke everywhere. There's a lot, a lot of serious injuries down there as well. A lot of serious head injuries. Uh, and she's she's on the tube somewhere. And she's at Russell Square, but no one's really telling us anything at the moment. So we're just kind of just kind of waiting to see what happens. Just the not knowing the phones are down. There are two trains stuck in tunnels at Edgware Road and it's not known if they've collided or whether passengers remain on board. Everyone thought they were going to die. People started saying prayers, praying to God, panicking, breaking the carriage windows with their bare hands, anything to get oxygen into the carriage. You started listening to the people shouting on the carriage that blew up and there was this, this awful screaming of people like just help, help, help and it's just indescribable. We're now hearing reports that a bus has been uh, ripped apart in an explosion in central London. One man has actually shown myself some footage that he recorded on his mobile phone of a bus exploding a few streets away, uh, just near to Euston Station. People lying on the floor. All of London's transport is currently disabled or, or stopped, whether that's buses or trains. So the safest thing that everybody can do is to stay where they are. There is a suggestion that the explosion on the bus uh, in Tavistock Square was caused by a, a suicide bomber. If they are confirmed, then that would be the first suicide bomber to have struck in the United Kingdom. Our determination to defend our values and our way of life is greater than their determination to cause death and destruction to innocent people in a desire to impose extremism on the world. People walking home, unable to use tubes or buses. But what was striking was the calmness of the crowds. 
on the day that London suffered. Wow, man, she's so heavy. So, so, so it heavy. Is, I think, it, it, obviously, it's like a massive tragedy and it was so um, shocking for London because it's, what, that's we've not really experienced something like that for decades, really. Um, and... I also feel that the reality is, is you know, these kind of things are happening. I mean, just last week, Saudi, the Saudis bombed Yemen, innocent people in Yemen, Saudis supported by the British and US governments. Um, and so, you know, these things are still continuing, like whether or not they're British people or whatever, I think that's a mm. tragedy as well. Yeah. Like to see children who can't breathe because their b- lungs have been burnt by a bomb that was dropped on their house by the Saudi government, who the uh, Prince Charles went to their birthday parties earlier in the year and all this kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it's like irrelevant of what nationality you are. We're all in this together, exactly. wherever you live. Yeah. And, you know, 40 people tragically lost innocent people lost their lives in London that day and whoever the perpetrators were these were seriously disturbed psychologically disturbed individuals we have people in powers of position who are making decisions on our behalf in our name as British Mm. people going around the Mm. world drop it they don't even have the guts to look in someone's eye and kill them and they're doing the same business yeah and then this is further perpetuating and exacerbating situations in other parts of the world where people are like saying we're not down with this and we're gonna the only way that we can vocalize that is by doing crazy things that we're seeing happening in yeah. um I, I listen i agree with pretty too. much everything that you said however i do believe that there are some twisted individuals who are looking for any excuse to create violence and madness and i don't believe that uh just our foreign policy is enough for these people to just suddenly turn into murderers they're psychos no 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 that's what I'm saying, saying. they're Absolutely. just psychologically they're disturbed yeah. people you know and, that's and the only person the, who the can only, carry something like that out the only political argument that I'm interested in getting into when it comes to tragedies like this is related to the 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 relationships that I understand, you know, I don't understand the frame of mind of like a crazy twisted dude who claims to be an imam. I don't understand the frame of mind of a, a prime minister who can sleep at night having you know authorized bombing of another country and children dying. But what I can understand is the people that I grew up with in London in in the in the eighties and the nineties into the two thousands and you know I, I grew up in, in northwest London. I grew up like all my all my mates, like half my mates were probably Muslims in the eighties, you know, all the all the way up to the mo- modern day, you know. And I can't think of anything more painful for for them than when all of this is described as kind of a Muslim tragedy. Do you know what I'm saying? As something that that, that Islam uh, created it's nothing so to do with Islam think, where does that framing come from yeah. you know that whole dialogue and yeah, framing listen, it as that thing is part a of a strategy thing. which a helps like, people carry out some things but I feel I genuinely feel in terms of any problem in the world whether that's within your own household or on a country to country basis like global basis it's about us having compassion and understanding Mm -hmm. for people as yeah you are I'm I'm trying to relate to you even though we don't even speak the same language in the same way I'd relate to the person who lives next door me as soon as we can deal with each other as human beings rather than being able to dehumanize and say oh these are crazy radical like Islamic extremists as soon as you give someone that title it gives permission for us to like not look at them as human beings or reasonable you know and and, and i'm not justifying don't you think it's nuts don't you think it's nuts that someone uneducated like me could have an uneducated friend and i've grown up 
like raised as an atheist with no faith whatsoever and I can grow up with a friend who's been who's been brought up a staunch Muslim and we can get on fine and I can go to his house and it's all blessed he can come to my house and it's all blessed I know what he doesn't eat he knows I eat whatever the fuck do you know what I'm saying that's and, our and, human and our truth parents yeah. are, our parents are both cool with it how come that's happening at like a grassroots level and then when we turn on the TV apparently yeah like at the upper level everybody's against each other but mm. I see even when you look at situations on those upper they're echelon lying to levels, us about our differences yeah. do you if, know what I'm saying if we take that down to a microcosm level and put that same situation in a school playground how would those situations be dealt with and how would a teacher tell two kids in mm. those situations to deal with it it wouldn't be about oh you must do this and yeah. orders and yeah, like yeah. you know creating like, we'll different disparities we'll find a happy medium and we'll get on with it you mm. know so I just think um, and London is the testimony of that too we have such an amazing mix of people in London yeah, different, different, and it, different and it, and things it, like that and it takes a lot for us to get to a point where we're flipping throwing bombs at each other yeah. do you know what I'm saying you look at the last time it would have been the battles with the, with the IRA in, 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 the, in the 70s and early 80s and I do actually remember that shit do you know I what know, I mean because you know growing up in Kilburn that was a big deal yeah, yeah, so for it to happen again now. it was very upsetting yeah. but I think I knew in the same way a lot of New Yorkers knew uh, in, in, in September the, uh, 2011, uh, 2011 that um, that uh, like this stuff would not represent the culture that we created as a modern city. Do you know what I'm saying? Like London is it's a oh, unique it's place. Separate. Yeah, it's a it's, unique place, and yeah. it's a bubble that annoys Middle England and whatnot a lot of the time. But it just is what it is. It's a place where people come and, if anything, they're divided by their aspirations and, and their desire for money or, or whatever. But when it comes down to, to colour and culture and religion, like London's is with, yeah. with the 7-7, seven, seven, though, I feel obviously that was like a major moment, but I don't feel it's a defining moment of London at all. Like, I don't feel as a Londoner that that has defined my experience or how I reflect on London not at all. Either, well, and that's great because that's what they want when they especially when they're going to be a terrorist attack on things that are so vital to the bloodstream of the city things like the tube things like the buses which people just so rely on mm. that's what they want to do they want to instill that fear, to, that fear to try to divide us like that by going well I don't feel comfortable and safe to use those things that I so desperately need now you know what I mean yeah. but I, th- I think what was great because sorry you go man no I was just going to say <laughs> September the 11th um, uh, back back then in 01 in, uh, in, in New York possibly was more defining because to hit American shores is, was such a foreign concept yeah. to a lot of people. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? People will still feel passionately about Pearl Harbor yep. and, and, and the idea of anybody having a go at them. Other than, like Even the Civil War would probably be the, the, the last time they thought this is where we felt under attack and it was by fellow Americans, mm. you know? So I think it was a it was a profoundly big deal over there. And I'm not talking about the number of people di- that died because to me it's, it's irrelevant whether one person or 3,000 people die. It's a fucking tragedy. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. But um, I think that for America it was, it was a very, very profound thing to feel under attack because they're essentially the biggest guy. They were like the biggest dude in the playground and all of a sudden they got punched and their nose actually bled. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was that Bruce Lee moment of looking down at the blood like, <laughs> what the hell? Mm. Whereas for us, you know, we, we I'm not saying we, like, we, we're like we okay with it and we're totally cool with it, but the IRA was not that long ago. Mm. You get me? Like London's always been a target. Well, I was curious. I'm going out and chatting to some people this morning. Just went and hit the streets and find out how people felt about it, the bombings, and um, and get their opinion on it. This is what we went down. All right.
Matthew from London, mate. So it's t- 10 years today since the 77 bombings. Where were you? What do you remember when it all happened 10 years ago? Uh, what do I remember? I was at work. Um, I was packing up in there, thing, and then I get a phone call, and I got told there's been bombings. I'm like, what do you mean there's been bombings? Yeah, trains have been blown up, there's been buses that have been blown up, and my mate was literally around every road station when it happened. And it's like, yeah, it wasn't a nice thing to even hear. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely terrifying. How, how did you feel when you heard all this? Do you know what? Shocked. Absolutely shocked that uh, somebody can actually do that to themselves and hurt people in the process. And it reminded me about 9-11 when the Twin Towers come down. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really upsetting, distorted, shocked, angry. I don't know. What, how would anybody feel, really? Yeah. Same. Have you you've been a Londoner your whole life? Uh, yeah, I have. So did it change the way for you that you felt about how, you, you know, feeling safe in your city or your day-to-day activities? Did it change anything for you since then? Not really, no. I mean, I've always felt safe within London with everything that goes on within London. But for me, personally, I just think, as a Londoner, we get on and just carry on and just go forth. So Amazing. Good on you, man. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Marco from Italy. So you're saying you've uh, lived in London for four years. Um, what were you, were you over in Italy when uh, when the, the the seven seven bombings happened ten years ago? No. Whereabouts were you then? Uh, well, years in uh, Italy and Switzerland. Right. <laughs> and and down here. <laughs> and what what did you think when you heard? What did you, like, what did you feel? What was going through your mind when you heard what happened? tragedy, big tragedy and a lot of sadness and uh, yeah, I, I remember it was, was great sadness I, I observed one minute of silence this morning yeah. uh, fortunately I was, was not touched but we have to think that it's, it's something that can happen even to our lives. Did that, obviously such a scary thing to happen, did it put any fear or doubt in your mind on wanting to move to London permanently? No, not really um, um, I'm an optimistic, <laughs> so I, I, I have to believe that, uh, that the human being is, is improving anyway, so we will have less and less of this kind of accident in, in, in the future. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Um, do, you, um, do you feel safe generally on a day-to-day basis in London? Yeah, honestly, yes. Yes. So the terrorists haven't won. They want to drive fear into our city and they haven't won. No, they haven't won. We, we have to, to react in this way. It's the only weapon that we really have. Yeah. Not, not be scared, not be feared. Be scared is what they want. So, Louise uh, from Cornwall, you, you live in London now, obviously, but you, you said you were in Cornwall when you when the terrorist attack happened ten years ago. What, what do you what do you remember the feeling and thinking when you heard what happened? More bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, more bullshit already. I don't really remember it that well. Um, but yeah, you never know what to believe anyway with this stuff. Yeah. You never know what to believe. You don't know actually who it is and what it is and who's behind it or anything. So I'm pretty sceptical of the news and of, yeah. Yeah, and you're absolutely right because you, do, you actually don't know. You only know what the media tells us. Yeah. When things like this happens, we put it in the in the box of it's a it's Muslim extremists or it's yeah, ISIS yeah. or something like that. But yeah. we, we don't even know that. Sometimes I mean, no, obviously, it could even when they're in government, you don't know. Could be, yeah. How does it make you feel on a sort of day to day basis living living in London when something like I'm this? I'm just is about to move, literally, because I'm fed up of it. Yeah. <laughs> Not because of, I'm scared of some kind of attack, but just because of the general. Lack of soul and like lack of and too much hostility, numbness, 
stagnation, like collection of negative energy in a city that doesn't move out. It just gets trapped in the underground where I'm going now. Like, you can <laughs> feel it there. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm moving to back to the West Country where I'm from. Well, obviously one of the bombs being on uh, on the tube ten years ago. Mm. Does that, do you ever have any trepidation or hesitation wanting to get the tube? Yeah, I had it um, a few weeks ago, actually, because I know um, through doing a bit of work in the kind of inside sections of some of the underground stations, tutoring some of the employees. Um, I know about the... They have, like, a secret message or a code message for when that a terrorist thing happens or some kind of emergency, and they... it's So they don't panic people. It says something different. Um, and, yeah, it was... That message was going off the other day at King's Cross. What's, what's the message? It's, like, can inspect uh, someone please come to the ticket or it's something really like random but it's normal but it's not normal and I heard it and I was like fuck I was really scared and I ran I ran out of the tube to get out even though I wasn't supposed to get off at King's Cross I was supposed to keep going I just because it was really scary and maybe they're practicing because it was fine but it just goes on for a long time it keeps saying the same message over and over again Wow, I'd never even heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. If anything happens, if something happens, they're not going to say it. They're going to say, like, a code, like, message like that. So that all the staff know, but it doesn't alert people and get people um, panicking and running like I did. Oh, God, (laughs) still terrifying, though. Yeah, yeah, it's scary. Would you say, though, because um, obviously the big thing for when terrorists do want to attack, uh, you know, a Western Western city or something like that, Mm. they want to instill fear that it could happen any time, any place. You're never going to know how they're going to strike. Yeah. Did, that, did that fear after an attack like this, did that get embedded into you somehow, or did you... Yeah, it embeds fear, doesn't it? It embeds fear, of course. Yeah. yeah you just get along with it anyway? Um, we have to, don't you? What can you do? But I definitely... That's part of... That's definitely a part of why I'm leaving, because I just don't know what to believe in terms of all of that. And, yeah, it does instill fear, and it instills negativity and all of that, and... Yeah, maybe some of it is granted, but then at the same time, what can we actually do about it? What's yeah. the point in instilling this fear? What can we do? Like it says about keeping um, vigilant or reporting, you know, these stupid messages on the tube and stuff saying, be vigilant, report anything suspicious. Well, what, who are we going to report it to? And if it was a bomb, like, it's always going to go off, isn't it? Like, reporting it's not going to help. Yeah. So I think it's all a load of bollocks and it's already pointless, all of the kind of, yeah, instilling the fear like, or instilling the vigilance. Like, what for? Like... We can't do anything to be vigilant. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. There you go. Bit of a um, bit of mixed opinions on yeah, the streets. Impressive. I, f- I feel exactly what she was saying. The only thing I disagree with her on is, but it's not. It's just a life decision, really. Like some of us, are like born Londoners, like where are we gonna go? Yeah. Like where am I gonna go? Mm. Like there's, there's times when you you wake up in the city, like with the the the, the riots or so-called riots. You know, the bombings, you know, you hear about uh, stabbings, violence, you know, selfishness, whatnot. And you think, you know, i got to get out of here, especially mm. when you've got kids. But where the hell am I going to go? You know what I'm saying? My wife's a Londoner, born and bred. Our parents are Londoners. Our kids are Londoners. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, she's, she's, this woman's from the West Country. She's going to go back to the West Country, you know, bully for her. But, like, I think f- for for some of us, it's like... 
we still have a thing where we want to make this place work, not just for us, but for our communities, you know, and to try and bring back the essence of a London community. And I've I've always been on that, like my whole life, I've been trying to be a part of that. And it's it's not easy, but I think like when when you display it, people really buy into it. Like on on Sunday, I was at the Alma Street Fair in Kentish Town. It's like a street festival, old school street festival where you apply to the council and close down the street and you just have a party. And it was just, lo- I mean, it's always lovely, but it was just lovely again, mm. you know? And like the trendies and the, the, the new variations, they haven't quite clocked onto it yet. So it's still that old school NW5, all the families from the houses setting up the stalls, you know? And, and you know, occasionally they might be able to get a celebrity to come and say a few words or a musician to come and play a gig. Like last year we had that Mr. Hudson who was, who was living nearby. But on the whole, it's just, you know, your old school stalls, some ice cream, do you know what I'm saying? Like some of the local businesses have got a little stall version of whatever they sell. And it was just lovely. And London can still do it. We yeah. can still do it. Mm. But it just, it takes, I don't know, maybe it takes a real Londoner or maybe it takes somebody who actually truly loves this city to just say, you know what? Let's get back to the essence of mm. what this shit is about. Community, having a good time, togetherness not based on anything other than the fact that we all live crammed together on this little street, you know? Yeah. What's well, like with the Boston bombings as well? Yeah, like the that, marathon, it really you know, worked People all still came together after that to just show to show their defiance of, mm. no, we are not going to be, mm. you know, put under the bracket of this mm. view. We're not going to mm. live our lives like that. Mm. But on behalf of everyone here at FUBAR, um, we want to send our love and thoughts to everybody that was affected by that, um, especially friends and family that were affected by the 7-7 uh, the bombing 10 years ago today. Yeah, 100%. Um, we've got some feedback coming through um, from you guys about, um, wireless festival discussion before we get into oh, that yeah. next. You're on FUBAR. Sarah Hugh and Doc Two on FUBAR Radio. You gotta stop talking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, because okay. I have to stop talking. <laughs> People don't mind hearing us talk. D, living in the jungle. You're on FUBAR. It's Sarah Hugh and Doc Two. Uh, we were chatting about wireless festival before. Um, mm. Obviously, a lot of people were about 100 people or so. Sarah, or kick down. Oh, kick down I don't know what the actual through, numbers like are, but just looking. It was at a the hundred young fine. men, <laughs> all <laughs> dressed in black, yeah. behaving very aggressively. Yeah, and I just Chanting don't. That's not lyrics. what I wanted to see <laughs> in Finsbury Park at that time. And not at a concert, a music <laughs> concert. Um, we got it. We get had a few. Uh, we've had uh, get it out. A few tweets coming in at Fubar Radio. Haley from Essex. She um she says I think it was bad. People have paid to get into that festival and to enjoy it, uh, and then people think they can just barge in like that. I think it's really disappointing. I'd be pissed off if I was around them lot. That's Ooh. her opinion. Mm. But what would you do though? Oh, <laughs> what are you gonna do though, Pam? Yeah. <laughs> no. no, I feel her. You know, you know, on 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 a slightly more legal, but just as irritating level. Yeah. yeah. When you go and see a show at a festival, and there's other people who are at the festival, yeah. If you've gone there because you're a big fan of the 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 band, mm. and you're there, you got your little spot. Isn't it a bit of a piss take when some prick comes like five minutes into the show? And wants to barge past you and stand in front of you. Yeah. Like, if you've been there for an hour, that's mad selfish. <laughs> like, that is mad selfish. Yeah. Like um, I, don't, I don't think people really think about it. They're just yeah. like, oh, some aggressive guys, they better let them stand in front. No, 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 yeah. no. That is a piss take. There's some super fans in here mm. who've been here for, like, two hours before the band even come on stage. 
Yeah. I mean, I do know, I've actually, uh, I've uh, jumped over a fence and I had to push down with a bunch of people at a festival um, years and years ago. Well, I did because I had bought a ticket. <laughs> that someone had sold me a cheap ticket, right? Like a okay. friend of a friend of a friend. So it was about, uh, I think about seven or eight of us have all bought tickets. Um, still quite expensive, but cheaper. Get to the gate and they're like, no, 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 no. These are all fucking fake, wow. man. These are all fake tickets. Oh, and we were like, shit. fuck, man. It was sold out. We didn't know what to do. So we just kind of lurk, lurking around. Yeah. No, we were just kind of lurking around and then we just picked the time when we saw you know the couple of the guards were not in that one particular spot and I think about, for it. it's about 40 or 50 people just sort of just ran and jumped at the gate mm. and the security guards sort of standing there like trying to catch one or two yeah a couple you're going to get picked off but, but that's, yeah, that's about <laughs> it yeah but so I mean, if it's not America, then you'll be getting sniped out. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> only um, do that shit when there's no guns. Yeah. Also, also uh, Tessa from Lewisham, she uh, tweeted us as well, saying, hey, Lewisham. I was kind Lewisham, that's I love a that. new... I've never... Sorry, sorry. Read the, e- read the email imagine. and we'll take the piss out of you afterwards. No, 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 tell me now. Tell I me could now. never imagine... Lewisham. Lewisham yeah. being pronounced like that. It's, it's, it's Lewisham. Lewisham. Yeah. Ah, but the way you said it, Lewisham, it sounded magical. But you know what? The same thing can happen with English people trying to pronounce the names of, like... Native America, uh, Native uh, Australian places. Yeah. Mm. So where we'll just make a no, that's, that's mockery true. of that's true. Names. Well, I'm glad to try to make it sound magical for you guys. You just call it a Kazwaza, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably real. Tessa said, um, she said, I was kind of vexed when that's I saw so those racial, people though. breaking in at wireless, but only because uh, I wish I'd done it to see my man Drake. I was going to say, I didn't even feel vexed Raza. about them doing it. And she says, I just sat at home and thought about his beautiful face instead, Ch- Childish wow, Gambino. Okay. He bloody get it as well. Get it as well. Wow, this I is really sexually really aggressive email. It was very well. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone from the food bar office might have sent that last email. No, Sarah's been inspiring the girl, our female <laughs> yeah, listeners. Yeah. So rise up! <laughs> you! Are sexually aggressive <laughs> while you're listening to Hugh Joseph in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, also, David, uh, David in Stockwell, he tweeted us saying, Yo, these people who broke into Fint Park are absolute chiefs. If you can't pay for a ticket, you ain't got no business witness the majesty of Mary J. You can have you can have Minaj though. So what's the difference? (laughs) Minaj you can have for free. So what's the difference between like bum rush I mean I I wouldn't break in like that, but what's the difference between that and then people who are just like blagging a free ticket because they happen to know someone and getting in like that? What's Mm. the difference? It's totally different. Why? It's totally different. Because like I think if 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 you're blagging one, then you know somebody who earn that ticket in some way from working in the industry and then they've decided to give you one yeah and you're gonna you're gonna treat the festival hopefully with respect when you're in there if you're coming There's with no, no ticket whatsoever, no, no assurance <laughs> but if you come with no ticket whatsoever you're just gonna barge it down that's the whole thing because you you're putting people uh, uh, you pushing people into a feeling of fear but this is what i'm saying i don't even put it down to the, the people's fault it's the organizers no, at the same time i think i already made my position clear at the start of the show i feel like these things cost too much if you make money out of the streets you should respect the street as well they and don't have give discounted tickets what i would do if i was an organizer i would say if you can prove that you live in um m5 or you can prove that you live like within the local area mm. there's a discount for you so if you bring like a, a proof of id or whatnot you can get a discounted ticket as a londoner who lives in that area there's, there's so much you know stuff like that that can be done and there's, there's no there's, there's interest from things, the people who sponsor care, new, uh, people who sponsor wireless to do any of that they don't give a damn about these people they're interested in milking you for as much money as they can get i used to run a, a hip-hop event in london called kung fu that was pretty damn sick 
and um, those were some legendary times held right there and um, you know we had a policy even though when we grew to being doing like 2,000 people events we had a policy where every event was £5 because that was our principle even when we had some superstars in there it was still £5 that was a principle that we had don't expect no principle from corporations Mm. I'm the same with my comedy shows now like I I, I want it to be £10 max because like you know they try and put you on in Edinburgh and stuff for like £16, £17 like who's going to come and see me for that much I wouldn't see me for that much that's (laughs) insane you know like you, every artist wants a packed room more than they want yeah. the, the, the absolute yeah, yeah. spoils and I'm talking and about real artists that's worth more sometimes yeah, than a course. fee yeah. that yeah. you can be paid like when I, when I, I mean? sometimes I come off tour and I think you know what I was performing at a reduced rate or whatever and then I get a paycheck like six months later I already forgot I forgot I was getting paid mm-hmm. yeah. because I, I did the whole tour and it was so much fun and the people was laughing every night yeah. and then I get paid as well I'm like oh my god this is amazing yeah. so if you're gonna like pay, give me that paycheck at the end of a tour six months later or I've got a choice between that and a paycheck that's like maybe three grand more like really and truly it's short sighted to just say fuck my fans yeah, I'm, I want three grand more mm. do you know what I'm saying but that you know that's the nature of the beast unfortunately I just think with the wireless thing I don't the organisers need to respect the fact that they're promoting a music that is from the streets it is born of the working classes therefore the real fans of it may not be able to afford to come mm. based on those ticket prices. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 and the real shame is that the same people who said, oh, I, I saw Kanye at the Brits and there was lots of um, black people in, in black clothes and they looked very <laughs> aggressive. Those people, those people are going to get freaked out by wireless because I think oh and this is those rap guys doing that rap thing again mm. but it, it, it's not because the difference is if you've got a, a, a you know a Bon Jovi playing and a bunch of artists supporting Bon Jovi who are of that same ilk it's very unlikely that they're going <laughs> to bon be speaking <laughs> it's very Adam's unlikely Sorry, I don't yeah. want to be a prick but it's no, very I'm unlikely joking. that they're going to be speaking to like the, the kids that are grown up on the council estates no money from uh, backgrounds where their parents haven't aren't working and they've got no income it's very unlikely that they're going to make up the majority of uh, you know like you say Brian Adams or, or, or Bon Jovi <laughs> therefore all of a sudden that 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 festival is going to get a lot more like positive press than the wireless festival and that's the that's the thing that irritates me the most yeah. I'm not going to justify pushing the fences down no I don't because think I that's, think that's I scary yeah, and it if is I was scary. there I was worried for their safety yeah. like the people they could have yeah. easily been trampled yeah, yeah. if one of them people tripped yeah, yeah. up and then the next hundred yeah. people are just storming over yeah. there yeah. but it's I do not blame the kids and I'm not going to shame them kids for doing that because of course they're thinking I'm going to get to see Drake for free they're not yeah, thinking yeah. deeper than that of course that's it's all, the organisers being slack with their perimeter and their security situation that they are the ones who put people at risk that day and if you were a security guard there you know you're not getting paid that much anyway you see a hundred young people rock running towards you mate fuck Low go it. for it mate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying I'm that's stead- exactly what you're doing I'm, I'm going to have a cigarette and a beer mate. I you got do in trouble you need. I got that's in trouble out. working I'm for out. Next because I didn't intercept these two guys that lifted up uh, a, a rail with suits on it they lifted yeah. the whole rail up and, and dust out pushing <laughs> people out of the way like, yeah. I got fault. in trouble for not intercepting them. I was like listen anybody who's got the balls <laughs> To pick up a rail of suits. Yeah. Clearly on steroids. Arch. Are you nuts? Like, I'm going to die for next. 
<laughs> like, I don't want to die for no, anything. No, like, that's no, exactly but what if I had to choose my cause, I'm, I'm telling you, next is not, not in the top it. ten. It's not there. <laughs> uh, oh, not having it, mate. Hey, uh, we're going to get into uh, Are You Taking the Piss Up next, and then we've got Lewis Parker. is going to be joining us for the last half Lewis, hour. Lewis Parker's timing is taking the piss. It's taking oh, the you piss. just stole <laughs> my Are You Taking the Piss. Uh, we've already got uh, we've, we've already got a stack coming through. You can tweet us at Fubar Radio. Or He's got four, so don't worry. Fubar Radio on Facebook as well. Yeah, man, I really have tons and tons and tons. But here we go. Uh, uh, this one going out to the, the kids that uh, smashed down the fence at wireless. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to fight for your rights. <laughs> You're on Fubar. You, you got to. You just got to. Beastie Boys. And it's sad. We just sang during that song as well. It's so sad. No more Beastie Boys in there. I know, Travesty. Man. Absolute yeah. travesty. He was the only one I met, you know, at MCA. I met him. I went to New York for the first time in 1995. Mm. And I was wandering around. And I was a huge Beastie Boys fan, you know, yeah. in that. They just dropped the um, Ill Communication album the previous summer. And I Aww. went into Greenwich Village for the first time and I just bumped into him. I walked straight into him. Wow. And it was lovely, Aww. as you can imagine. Mm. You know, being a Buddhist and whatnot. Yeah, yeah cool guys. Tried to kick him in the shins, test that shit out. He yeah, was you totally tried your cool. Michael Flatley moves on <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> nah, RIP MCA, because like, this, that was such a great group, man. Yeah. Oh, they're one of the greatest who have ever done it. I remember, Absolutely. do you remember the first time you heard that Eminem tune where um, he was like... Uh, uh, I, I melt vanilla ice like silicone. Do you remember that that lyric where he's just laying into all the white rappers? <laughs> you remember that of the first album? Oh, you don't remember that? You need to uh, again. I, I'm, I'm, I God, what did he say went. about Beastie Boys? Well, this is the thing. I was I remember the first time I heard it, and I was listening. To it, he was dissing every white rapper, and I thought, Oh man, please don't diss the Beastie Boys. Yeah. It's just not fair. Did he hold back? He just didn't do it. He didn't do it. And yeah, then I saw an interview with him. <laughs> I saw an interview with him, and he was just like, they were one of the biggest influences because they were the only white guys. Who were just like, yeah, we're white, like whatever. But they fully like, had we're the just, respect of everyone. Like, like, yeah. We're just white yeah. and we love rap. It, you know, Can I just about say, white rappers have to big up third base, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, listen, they, they, there's they plenty of people, you know I mean? young black teenagers, third base. But, but third you know, base did it right, right now. They really yeah. Right now, he went, now, he went easy on Pete Nice. That reminded me how the lyric goes. It starts with Pete Nice. He goes, "I'm nicer than Pete." But um, I'm, on a, I'm on a mission to crush a milk. Never was an M fan. Hey, um, so we do have a mystery voice in the studio right now. So oh, yeah, we, we do. We have, we have, we have, we have been, we have been, we have we have been alluring to uh, someone, a, a very, very pr- a prominent, prevalent UK producer joining us in the studio, mm. Lewis Parker. We do have a mystery voice in the studio with us right yes, now. Yes, we do. Lewis, Lewis Parker, welcome it. to Fubar. Lewis Parker. How are you doing, yes. people? Respect. Speaking of New York, you're just fresh back from, you were living in New York for a few years. Yeah, 13 years of my life that you, know you were saying? there 13 years yes yeah, yeah we lost it was a tragedy oh. when he left you know Goodness. because like, he was he, he left a gap in things arguably man. at that point he was one of the most important artists that we had mm. at that point well, the you know, I think you know for me my impact was very heavy in 97 98 99 yeah man when when I first came out you know my first releases kind of changed the perspective of the scene over here in many different ways and it gave a lot of people rockets in their back to do what they were doing i'm not even mm. going to name names but it is what it is you <laughs> know what i mean oh <laughs> we don't even have to do that but, but <laughs> people who know what it is know what it is you know what i'm saying because i kind of changed the sound and a, and I I brought like a style to uk rap and to hip-hop in general which hadn't quite been there you know when i first came out it was very obvious um the New York influence, the the the, the especially the beat miners, mm. Black Moon influences in mm. my music, and I kind of had a twist on hip hop, which 
no one quite had over here at that point. Lewis, you know when saying? did you start making music? When I was 10. Doing what? Doing tape loops. Yeah. <laughs> on my, on my brother's. Well, you played drums as well, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, you I, played also, drums. I also and played drums, yes. A musical family too. Mom. Yes, oh, you, you've done a bit of research. And dad's a DJ. He's been on Wikipedia. No, <laughs> well, no, but also, Lewis, because I got Karee. so lucky um, a couple weeks ago, because you'd literally only just been back in the UK for like two weeks or something, and then I came to see your show. You know what? I stood up Diamond D to come and watch your live show. That's how much of a fan they, I am of Lewis Parker. Us, they didn't let I us stood up Diamond D. D. I went to Diamond D, and they wouldn't let us in the door. No, but that's it. I mean, he's Yo, an OG what, and a lovely guy and everything. But this about? is how important it was for me to catch your show. And when I was Thank able you, to hear those tunes that. after not hearing some of them for so long, it was seriously nostalgic because it was oh, like do, going through, through the, did he do the family from, photo from album. Masquerades and Silhouette. Yes, I did. You didn't did, I? and from It's All Happening Now. Yes, I did. Oh, I, you know, shit. I pretty much and you did something. Your sister on stage. Yes, I brought my sister on stage. I think I tried to do Acacia. a record off of pretty much all the main solo releases I've ever had. Nice. So I, you know. And that's what I'm trying to do on my on my showcases at the moment is literally go back through time, you know. You had your you had your um, DJ play in front the instrumentals from the vinyl. Yeah, we only <laughs> we only do vinyl. we only do pure vinyl Say sets. What? There's no Serato, no CDs going on. Mm. Even I've got nothing against it, but you know mm. we just we just keeping it very traditional. When, when I was 18, when I was 18, all I did really. <laughs> I I'm just getting that with diplomatic. No, no. I used to just get high and listen to uh, 101 pianos. Wow, that's when, when I was 18. Head not shit. Yeah, Before I even up. like tried to rap or anything, like that's I just sit, I just kick back and listen to that. Wow. And for me, it was the most professional. Like I'd heard a few bits of like English rap. I really but appreciate that, what that you're saying. Masquerades and silhouettes. That for me was the most professional sounding British rap album that I'd ever heard. I think that, it was like, a milestone. I'd ever heard. And obviously, I was educated very, very after that, and people played to, me to more that, stuff you know that I was too young at the time, to you know, know London about, Posse yeah, and whatnot. Exactly. There's, you know, and, there's you know, Shower Rodney P and all of that. But for me, I think, you know. don't you think, Lewis, like rap is a lot of it's about your age at the time when you discover yes, it? It is, you know, you know what I'm saying? saying? Um, and that the youth so had a real capture, effect on me. Capture the essence of what it is at that moment in time, mm. you know what I'm saying? But so, I think also just sonically, too, like, you know, we beautiful. had had it that whole Nutriment era and hijack and everyone, and then you had London Posse and everything, which were all like those were significant for their own reasons. Yeah. Then things went to another stage in hip hop in this country, and it that, was, for it me, was one of, you're one of the was, first names a, that I would was quote. A, it was one of the changing sounds, you know what I'm saying? That's what, what I, I tried mean. to say, um, you know, after I came out. I was sampling easy listening records and you know uh, 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 semi-pop classical records. That was my, that's the original Lewis Parker sound. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That sound with the piano, strings, and orchestration. Mm, mm. That was what I was bringing to the table, which wasn't really in any kind of way upfront in hip hop. There was a few cats who had bits and bobs, but when you heard, heard a Lewis Parker record, you, you like, knew you were listening to a Lewis Parker mm, record. Yeah, you knew that you was, know, right. and that is the essence of being hip hop: is you and have your that own identity. Is when I say I kind of changed direction of that's what I mean because there wasn't that wasn't an upfront thing. And you look five years later down from, what, 95, 96, when I first came out with B-Boy Antics and Rise, Rise and, and, and um, Masquerades in 97, you look at what happened past part of that point and you, the, 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 the rap that was coming out, the hip-hop that was coming out of this country started to sound a lot more like my production I would say I think people like, got a bit with orchestral yeah, sounds yeah. And, and this kind of and also the content 
I think I brought a different idea and ideology to what you can rap about in content. I was rapping about fantasy. I was rapping mm. about Star Wars. Mm. I was rapping about dude. Your spirit, first twelve inch had you stuff. standing in a field of um, flowers. Exactly. On the, on the cover. You know what I'm saying? It was some new Be, shit. You know, yeah. it was some new shit. I wasn't coming. You know, I there was there was. There were street smarts in the music because mm. you know I've lived on the streets as the same as anyone. But I've also I've also been to private schools. I've lived in the countryside. Right. I've lived in Canterbury for a long time. So I had many different ideas yeah. and a life yeah, experience came across, which um, and I think which was different to to, to to a lot of MCs and, and rap crews that were out at the time. I think you took it to another level later on as you you know you became more renowned for your production and your taste in yeah in you know. artists well, because I, I think there's a lot I think of people it was who all, thought you know maybe for me it was like i started off as an mc when i was as i say you know when i was 10 the first thing i was doing was trying to you know recite ice tea and run mm, dmcs of course and, and, and my favorite rappers rhymes at the time and, and and trying to make my own versions of that you know what i mean so um I just want what it was for me is I, I when I was young I didn't I didn't have someone down the street who was making beats mm. at that time it was mm. something that I wanted to m make my hip hop for myself because that's all I w that's all I did was be in my bedroom listening to to, to rap but tapes. really I think that's what's been like your most like that's what's formed you as a, one of these cornerstone names in hip hop in this country like I'd say it's fair to say like Masquerades and Silhouettes that goes down as a classic UK release I'm like yes, in so my opinion hope, yeah, you know so. and then it's like so you've gone from them being a, a solo artist in your own right so then it's like you moved uh, you were doing stuff with people like Champions of Nature which yes. for me that was such a cool it was, collective it was of very people cool collective. And, then and it's a shame what happened with, with Champions of it Nature it is a shame know? and I have to tell you that you know the uh, there's <laughs> well no there's a song that uh, Sunshine Anderson that always reminds me of a Champions of yeah, Nature tune wow. which I've even done the mix well. anyway but uh, yeah so going from be it, having these like classic solo releases to the different collaborations and then another later important part of your uh, contribution I feel in this country was when Kalashnikov came out yeah. because for a lot of people you know that was again that. like a um, yes. big transition like in terms of the hip hop scene and it was like this new name that we had heard and everything so I thought soon as we're running low on time we definitely need to like Still play well, something we got that gets, we got, we're running out of okay. time though, so let's drop some go, of that Dago mentality yeah, go ahead, let's it. hit the Here play on that track you're on Fuba and we'll come back with Lewis Parker in the studio as well definitely this, one of my favourite this was made in 1999 came out in 2000 no it came out it was you're on Fubar, Sarah Hugh and Doc 2, K Lash there, Dago Mentality, as produced by Lewis Parker, who's joining yeah. us in the studio right now. Yes, sir, Hugh. How did that hookup come about? Yeah, that was with respect to my man A Side, you know what I'm saying? A oh, yes, I do uh, remember the story. A Side and Clash were running together for years. Um, and uh, you know, me and A Side had been running together for, for since you know '96 or whatever. Think we of met, Yeah, around them times, we had we had met through Mark B. I think Mark. The first time I met A Side was a Mark B session, which actually is on on vinyl, the freestyle over the Vadim. Beat. Right, it's actually, yeah, yeah, it's actually yeah. a Mark B beat, but it came out under Vadim. Mm -hmm. um, that freestyle was the first time me and A Side ever met. That session, one of the and true. Big characters of, 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 of rap from of, those days, from, A-Side, yeah, I would A -side, say. he is an unspoken hero, really, a lot in, in, in UK hip-hop. He connected a lot of dots. He mm. did a lot of background work. He was that guy, and man. he was nice on the but mic. yeah, he put but, you um, and Clash together. He, yeah, I was around A-Side, heard, heard, heard Clash freestyling around A-Sides. It's like, yo, dude's crazy nice. 
You know what I mean? We we was down um, when when Vibe Bar was kicking off. I think that was the second <laughs> time I met Klashnikov, and yeah. I said to him, "Yeah, we have to do something, bless." You and then, I mean? did you record that at your studio? That was yeah, that was in my in, in the Whitechapel studio. Yeah. Happy Skies, the um, 1999, we did that. End of 99, Dagger Mentality came out. And, and the, you know, I think Clash has told this story a lot of times. But, yeah, he was, he come to the studio brassic. He had one pound in his pocket, like hadn't eaten for the day type flex, mm. you know what I mean? And I had the beat run it. And there's, the certain, the there's certain records, and that was a record. When we put it down, I felt the vibe in the session, and I knew it was going to be a record that's going to, be a little bit of a game changer regardless if it super blows or it is underground or whatever mm. it was one of them records that you knew yeah people is going to like this one this is going to this is going to but make that wasn't noise. the only tune you did together you did zero he's done some yeah, tracks on we yours, isn't did it? we did a lot of tracks you know really me and kalashnikov um it never it never transpired how it should have done you know mm. um you know like the original murder record was actually my record i recorded murder originally over one of my beats really yeah they took wow. then um that it, I had a falling out with Kemet. Kemet was like, "We're not using Lewis to do the murder," and they went to Harry. And Har then that became a classic that in its own right. Yeah, so you see, right. sometimes things but work out perfectly, yeah, it you is, know. You and know, in a and way, this is why record, the tunes you know with you and Klashnikov are so golden because it's like gold dust. Yeah, you know, know what I mean? People don't even know. I've got a good seven, seven more Klashnikov That's records nuts. from from them days on on reels. You know. If I'm only saying? you turned up so earlier, Lewis, yeah. to the show today, <laughs> could have gotten through all of that. I've heard I've heard him re-spit certain records. I think the Raw Things record I heard. I had I you just took the lyric and put it on something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which clash? That's the classic thing. Clash like bag on mentality. Uh, let me quickly go back to this record because that wasn't the first version of this record. I have to big up Cuba the Great. Um, he did the original version of Dagger mentality, and wow, I only okay. I found out about that years after I recorded the original. Mm. But Clash approaches records like a, a, ragga, a reggae man. You yeah, know I'm saying? just going to do this again. This is a live beat this time. I'm just going to do it. So, and so you've been yeah. working with a whole bunch of cats in the States since you've been oh, living out yes. there. But what's the story now for Lewis? Like, for Lewis Parker fans, you're just back stepping um, foot in the UK. Well, like, what's going to be happening? We, yeah, well, first of all, check out the last record I did, MK Ultra with my man East Coast. Um, from Harlem you know what I'm saying that's the latest project w that's out on streets right now came out earlier on in the year very very proud of that album you know what I'm saying MK Ultra Operation Hypnosis check that out for a second when you said MK um, Ultra I thought Universal Soldiers I was like yeah, what yeah, so did you Universal Soldiers <laughs> no <laughs> but yeah well, that's yeah, well, another actually, dope UK actually, group yeah I, I, I did do a track with Ricochet, you know, they actually came through the studio a lot. Um, I miss and, um, They were great, and man. I, yeah. And I, and I mixed Very a few underrated. of their records that came out. I'm, you know, I was, I was the engineer for the, their session. But right now, um, yeah, I'm back in the UK. Been back here for a good five months now. Um, just finished building uh, my, my studio in my, in my garage. I'm living with my two brothers, you know what I'm saying? I'm feeling really excited to be back. You know, for every now and then, I, it's like, damn, Lewis, what, what you, you really moved back to London? Like, you, you, I'm like yeah, 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 we you thought did. we lost you. you know what I mean, I tell you, no, when I, we, thought, I tell you, I when we thought, thought we, we genuinely you, you know lost you forever, yeah, <laughs> especially in the hood, was when um, Fish Girl came out, yeah, and yeah. I don't even know who it was. I think it might have been Reveal who said to me, "You remember Reveal? Yeah, I remember Reveal. 
I think it was him who said to me, bruv, track one, yeah, yeah that flipping track? shaky dog, have you heard that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, 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 it's a little story with him and Ray, Ray. and he goes, bruv, you looked up a producer. Mm-hmm. I looked it up, and I was like, rad, someone's teeth <laughs> like Lewis's name, there's like a dude producing <laughs> under Lewis, and he's like, no, that's Lewis. Like, he's, mo- he's done move to New York, like, he's doing big things. Oh, and it was like a day of celebration and a day respect, of mourning man, respect, as well. A respect. day of mourning, because we thought, oh, yeah, he's, that's, he's gone now. Well, the thing is, I'm never I'm never. <laughs> How did gone. that hookup come about with Ghostface? Ghostface, that hookup happened when I was over here. I was coming back a lot and forth over here doing shows. Um, my main thing um, for a, the good ho- first half of me being in the States was literally go, trying to um, walk around with CDs on me, with beat CDs, which wasn't a really thing I was doing in the 90s. I wasn't trying to shop my beats mm. to artists in the 90s. If you wanted a Lewis Parker track, you had to know me, come to me, and blaze me out and you know what I mean <laughs> I might make a beat for you yeah. Yeah, that's how it was back in the days but doing the American thing it was like alright head headspace change business Lou you know what I mean let's get this thing popping mm. you know what I mean so I'm walking around parties wherever it was and this happened to me when I was back in the UK my man um, Savage Ballet said um, Ghost is going to be a deal real you need to go down there and bust one of your CDs to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we did. Went down Deal Real. He'd done a little little showcase. I hit him with a CD. Didn't think nothing of it wow. because I was hitting mad cats with CDs. I never knew it started You know what I'm saying? Um, a year, literally a year later, I'm in Barbados with my mum walking down Bridgetown. <laughs> um, my, phone, my phone ringing. It's Ghostface's manager puts me on the phone with Ghostface and he's telling me yo I love that 70s style kid you got the L soundtracks and all this you know what I'm saying so and it, and it went uh, that's nuts God damn. it went from there you know what yeah. I'm saying that I had, was I, one I, of my favourite records on that album like, I mean I got, as I gotta say out. you know I had seven records recorded with Ghost at one point you know what I'm that's saying that's cool we damn. can talk about that after and release um, it ourseles crazy. on the day or something <laughs> you know? and, and it was, it was, a, it was a scary <laughs> point because leading up to the release of the album it was every week or so I was getting the call we're not using this record we're replacing it with a Just Plays track we're mm. using the Pete Rock track we're, I'm, I'm like dude he opened the album that was your tune yeah. Shaky he Dog opened was the, the album Shaky with your tune Shaky you Dog was the last record recorded for that album you know what I'm saying we were all it cheering was, you at like, home. I love that album thank you it's probably the last Ghostface album that I really really love it's true wow. and it, it, starts, it starts with a Lewis Parker beat like, that to me is crazy. crazy that's perfection you know but then tell me again, so with Champions and Nature going back to the other people that you've worked with how did Champions and Nature come together like how did that combination Champions of people of end up nature crew? was Basically, a group of friends, which kind of started with, you know, me and Super T. Um, but, you know, I'd obviously been doing stuff since, you know, pretty early on in, yeah. in my career. Lasala Dolo, beat maker, who was the main producer of Champions. Yeah. Mm. You know, he was, we was all living in Camberwell at this point. Um, so Apollo and Pro and oh, Profound um, yeah. were all from them ends. And no, those were the MCs that, Dolo was working with at that profound. point. Profound. Mm-hmm. Was he the one who had that tune? Fake MCs, you better move from me. Yes. That was oh, profound. Oh, shit. Um, you know, uh, South London, oh South days. London, uh, uh, Bray, you know, uh, uh, Elephant and Castle. I'm still remember, trying to remember the things of, of here. But yeah, Elephant and Castle, uh, 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 Bray, you know what I'm saying? You know, that brother, I still got a lot of, still got a lot of love for that brother. I haven't seen him for many, many years, you know what I'm saying? But at one point, we were really super tight mm. you know so it was that was in Camberwell this is we talking 96, 97, 98 and when Easter Island this is when we was first working with Low Life we did 
you know, we did the 98 series, which mm-hmm. was the move from me. Tours, that move from me like, was like, we stepped low life up to, the next, to the next level um, with the records we were doing. He, he had done Future Years and some brain tax releases at that point. And it was very, low life was very under the radar. Mm. Mm-hmm. But my name was a bigger than... Brain tax and, and, and no, you, life. you at, was the star that, of, that of, point, of, of be, that label at that point. There's no at question that point, about it. you know. So we, when we did Easter Island, at that point, it was the pinnacle for for low life. At that point in '99, um, at the same time, Joseph Brain Tax was working with Task Force, which he didn't tell us about. I don't know why he didn't want to tell us about it. But he didn't tell us about because he's a snake. Sorry. Yes. Well. Wow. Um, okay. Let's move so <laughs> swiftly over that. So uh, basically, after we all fell out with Brain Tax, which I'm not even going to go into, um, it was like we said we're Sorry. going, we're going to do, we're going to do a record. You know, what I'm saying that's basically saying fuck you to to brain tax. I'm sorry to really? swear on on daytime radio. No, wow. you can't hear but that was that was what it was about. That's why the record came out as the fuck off song, which was that was and, even pre he got yes, real snaky. Yes, you know and <laughs> he was real. He was real snaky around that point. But we wasn't actually officially formed as Champions of Nature. We that's were what just I was still say. That was a conglomerate. Yeah. It was still a conglomerate of friends who mm. were just. Mm happened to be doing music together and we said let's put some records out so that was the the fuck of song was the first record which which was champions nature but we hadn't said it i said it in one of my verses i can't remember the line but i said champions of nature and it was an idea that i had in my head for a name of a crew which i thought was cool mm. it actually came from a david watching david attenborough documentaries <laughs> and there was he had a whole he had Did a whole champion he, yeah. <laughs> he had he had, he had cha- yeah you, you already know he <laughs> had he style. had he had champions of nature and then he had champions of the future and that champions of the future still watch out because i might form yeah, that. Bring that i might back. form i might form <laughs> champions hey, of like, hey guys so we got we got to jump into a song we've only literally no, only no, got a few no, minutes left we still want to do are you taking the pieces I want to hear another tune now. as well. I want to hear another tune. But we come can't on, give us a song. All right, come on. Here's our, this is our, our incognito. You want to tell us this, about this one, Lewis? This record came out in um, 2002 off my All Happening Now album. Yeah. Um, this, this was a kind of change in my sound when I was. This was this was one of my early SP when I was really confident on the SP coming out. You know, all of my 90s stuff was done um, on, on, on Atari ST with uh, Akai yeah. S900s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and then so this nice. is when you got 13 SPs and, this was, and two well, 950s. No, this was, this <laughs> <laughs> so that switched up your yeah. sound. It switched up my sound, you know. So this, But this was one of the first records that on the SP I felt really confident with like yeah I'm in control of my game do you game. use the SP12 right. or let's, get, let's get into it that we're, we're running the, really this short on the time. 12 and 900 here we go yeah, there's Lewis Park now so we'll be back with the man in the studio you're on FUBA how dope is that? Yeah. How dope is that? Lewis Parker there, mm. Incognito, the name of that one. We're lucky enough to be joined by the main man himself in the yes, studio. Sir. You're on Fubard, Sarah Hugh, and Doc Two. Oh, and man. now it's time. Are you taking the piss? Are you taking the piss? Taking the Just piss. about time. So this You've got is like the, two and a half minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. We're going to smash through this pretty quick. But this I can is where we give now. you. Um, I, can, we give I you, can rap if I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, nice one, smarter. This is where we give you an opportunity each week to vent what's being taken the piss for you. You can tweet us anytime at Fubar Radio. And what's been taking the piss for you guys? Who wants to kick it off? 
Uh, taking the piss my for Dennis. me was probably at um, the Mary J. Blige concert. She was just absolutely killing it. And it was like, oh my God, this woman is phenomenal. And then she was like, everyone put your ones up. And then she went into the U2, one love, one love. And it was kind of like, okay, Mary, I love you and everything. And this is the only circumstance I will tolerate, <laughs> like supporting U2 like this is uh, you singing it. But it was kind of like, I don't want to hear U2 right now. Mary. I'm still angry the about piss? them forcing their album onto my iTunes. I used that. that that's well, not taking the piss. To this day. When Michael was here, I said I used that on taking the piss. I was like, "Dude, that's a that's a liberty. That's a, uh, uh, he's I, a that's a rape." Here's a few from you guys. Here's Sophia from uh, Bexley. She's tweeted us: "This tube strike is pissing me off. It's going to be a pain in the ass getting to work Thursday morning. The journey's already stressful enough." Are you taking the piss? Get a bike. Definitely <laughs> taking the piss. Aaron mm. from Havering. Am I saying that right? Probably not. Havering. 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 Uh, it's hot weather. It's making my feet very smelly. It makes me paranoid in the office. Feet, you are taking the piss. Are you taking? <laughs> The piss. Definitely, uh, here we go. We've got uh, Simon and Battersea. Fuck the tube strike and fuck TFL. You are all taking a piss out of London. Are you taking a piss? <laughs> and uh, Paul from Hams tweeted us My hair is dirty every day because of this hot, stinky, and sweaty weather. Shampoo, it ain't cheap, you know. Are you taking a piss? It is cheap. Yeah, I've got one. This is my, my, new, my new flatmate. I just moved into a new, new house in Bow. From the pound shop. Just moved into a new house in Bow on Anything Saturday. And my flatmate was there. She was waiting there. And uh, from she ordered a furniture set from Argos or something. They said it's going to turn up, Argos, between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. It's going to turn up all day. She had to wait there for 12 hours. (coughs) Turned up at fucking 5 to 7. 5 to 7 p.m. Are you taking the piss? Lewis Parker, do you want to take us out? We've got 30 seconds left. What's been taking the piss for you, mate? Um, the fact that uh, I'm still not a multi-millionaire. Let's make it happen, guys. Yeah. Buy Lewis Parker's back catalogue. Oh, all the way back. Go hey, um, fund Lewis rise. Parker to become a millionaire. We've got to get out of here. But thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back yeah, next thanks, Tuesday. Sarah, Hugh and Doc too. Catch the, um, go and catch the podcast as well on the uh, on the, fa- on yeah, the website. And shit. Lewis Parker, thank you. Peace. Peace. Sarah, Hugh and Doc too on Fibar Radio.